Australian rules football is the greatest game on earth, but it's not to say it couldn't be better. If only there were two people completely unqualified to talk about it, yet utterly prepared to do so. Two people like that might have some radical ideas. Two people like that might just be the Footy Fixers. Hello, I'm Charlie Clawson. He is Scott Dooley, and we are here to fix football, whether you like it or not. Episode four of the Footy Fixes, and perhaps our most controversial episode coming up right now mm. as we discuss a rule that has been uh, vexing fans for years. It is the deliberate out of bounds rule. Scott, give me your fresh hot take on deliberate out of bounds. Well, I listen. It's so. It, it's fr- I, I personally love it. Because I love anything that's going to create conversation. And this does. Because this is a classic we was robbed, you know, kind of a... It's purely down to someone else's judgment. And and, and that's why I really like it. The the concern I have with it, and I think the, the heart of the problem and the heart of the um, contentious nature of this rule, is that it <laughs> essentially requires an umpire to psychologically evaluate a player yeah at the moment of impact between a ball and nine times out of ten someone hitting him and then from that kind of extrapolate what the guy was thinking and then either penalize or reward him accordingly my favorite thing about the yeah, my favorite thing about the deliberate rule, especially being a St. Kilda fan over the last 10 years, is often the deliberate decisions <clears throat> that have gone against us as being an umpire saying, mm. well, surely no one could kick that badly. Surely that wasn't intentionally <laughs> going towards the boundary line. And I'm always like, mate, have you seen the players we've drafted over the last 10 years? We don't have a halfback who can hit a target to save themselves. That is no way. He was trying to center that. <laughs> So what I I mean in terms of the solutions given mm. the kind of the the cycle one one thought I did have was do we require every uh AFL and AFLW level umpire to have a master's degree in psychology psychology so that they so that they can make that assessment so from is- a position of is it a, is it is it a question of psychology or is it a, que- a question of the law? Because I think um, ascertaining intent could fall more into that legal category. So are we saying AFLM and AFLW umpires need to have either a psychology degree or a legal degree, or can you have a legal degree? And then in consultation with a psychologist, because that would often happen, I imagine, like when a prosecutor is trying to establish intent, he would bring in a psychologist to analyze the actions performed and whether or not, you know, it was deliberate actions. I feel Mm. like what we need to do is when there is a deliberate decision rather than the umpire making the call, which as we've established is, is, you know, really, really hard for them to ascertain intent is that we go to the arc, right? And we bring up Mm. a high court judge. Mm. And then the umpire has 30 seconds to make their case to the umpire. Then the player or the player's advocate has 30 seconds to mount their defense. And then the judge makes a decision and it all has to happen within 90 seconds. 
I, I love it. So, so w- w- where do you see the player's advocate? Is is the player's advocate, and 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 would each player have his own advocate or her own advocate? And would they have to be within two meters of the player at any given moment? So they're also on the ground. Uh I don't know. What do you think? So, so, so almost, almost like a. I'm thinking like um, Paralympics, where in the in the blind running, where you have guys yeah. connected to one another. Oh, yeah, but you've got a QC uh, running with you. With that, yeah. So, so you've got a guy, you know, in a suit running next to, you know, <laughs> oh, Maddie Pressman oh, for the whole fuck, game. Scott, Attack. that that is genius. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So, in addition to the boundary umpires running the lines, you have, to per team, you have two QCs, suited briefcase holding QCs running the boundary line yes. in the event that there is a deliberate decision that they can then quickly mount a defense for. Yeah, yeah, but they've got to be keeping up with the play. So, they can't be at any given moment, you know, just, just lagging behind. No, they've got so, to, they've so got to keep because, up with the boundary umpires. It's got to be the same level of fitness. That's right. But yeah, they've got that, to do it in a right. full suit. That's right. Like, that's right. Could, could, if we are going to go down this legal, um, legal road <laughs> and, and if we are talking um, intent, where do you stand on the use of lie detectors? Ah. Uh, well, how how well the issue is, Scott, is we know footy fans do not have patience for reviews that take too long. So, like, how long does it take to to hook up a lie detector? Is there some, uh, well, or, well, or do we hook oh, them up yeah. before they hit the field? So each player has kind of like, well, listen, isn't I? My understanding of lie detectors, firstly, they're inadmissible, which is perfect for this. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> Ideal, perfect, <laughs> tick. <laughs> But uh, is it monitors heart rate, right? And so they monitor fluctuations in heart rate, which I imagine when you're monitoring an athlete to detect, uh, you know, variations in in sort of like heart rate based on like, you know, it's like, are you telling a lie? Your heart rate seems to spike. It's like, mate, I just did like repeat 200 meter sprints. That's why my heart rate is doing that. Yeah. What, what, what if, what if we um, speak to... I don't know the federal government, the sports minister, or, or or the you'd probably want a team with the CSIRO to develop new lie detecting technology that is portable and carried along a lot, like like with the GPS trackers yeah. in the back of the Guernseys. Yeah, if we could also attach a lie detector, and each player as jumper is is equipped with lights. Yeah, and um. The umpire and the QC, obviously, um, under the auspice of the High Court judge in the arc, would ask a series of questions. You'd, uh, excuse me, Mr. Pfeiffer, when you were kicking that ball, were you heading towards the boundary? Like, oh, yeah, of course, I was looking. I was looking. Bloody, uh, uh, look, I don't know his name because it's Frio, but you know, the bloke <laughs> over there was kicking towards him. And then, and then a a okay, then thank you. That's that's all we need from you, Nat. Uh, by the way, can we just have a look at your light now? If the red light is flashing, it means he's lied. Yeah, and it's an automatic fifty meter penalty from the the point of infringement. If the green light happens, um, it's a free kick to Fremantle where the ball went. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of spitballing. spitballing. Or is that too slow? What I think we should do, Scott, is we'll keep it in the realms of what we're used to in terms of football professions. So, you know, at a tribunal appearance, if it's a striking charge, they'll bring in the biomechanics expert to say, well, that wasn't actually a strike. That person was reaching for the ball and that was collateral damage. What if we bring in Mm. body language experts? 
You know how like there's always okay. that kind of so okay. You know, you, you, they they will say, oh, you can tell by the way, you know, he's folding his arms or his, you know, eyes are darting about that he's not being truthful. And we just agree mm. that that is admissible evidence, the body language expert. Is it, when you say body language expert, is it a real body language expert that no. could be used as a, a, no, so it's like someone that like, that sees a picture of um, the royals and goes, oh, there's trouble in paradise. Look at the way William's standing. Yes. Yeah, that's that what guy. I mean. I'm talking about the new idea, body, uh, body language so, expert, not a legitimate so CIA trained negotiator or something. We get no, the most tokenistic. Okay. Women's magazine, uh, you know, like Megan Royal and, Watcher. Yeah, Royal <laughs> Watcher, body language expert to say that. I mean, what I love yeah. about that is is that you just don't know, is this person being deceptive or are they just a footballer? Because most footballers find it hard to string words together, maintain eye contact, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. So one thing that concerns me, Charlie, is when you – Add something new uh, to football or, or anything in, in really Australian culture is that people tend to not like it. Just that's their first blush. And and I yep. can, my concern is that if we just throw this in in round one, we're going to be met with stiff resistance. I'm wondering if we kind of get it into the Australian psyche earlier, maybe through uh, a marketing campaign, um, songs, uh, do we have it uh, appear in various television programs, like on Neighbours? Kind of. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a there's an issue at the at the the coffee shop, and and Toadie needs to rely on someone, and who we can. Re- hey, it's um it's Catherine it's Catherine Thompson from the New Idea. She's a body language expert. Let's ask her yeah. what she thinks. I think I think we the answer's right in front of you, mate. It's Mike Brady. Mike Brady needs to come out and write a song. A song about mm. deliberate. Mm. Did he mean it? Did he not? Give him the ball. Let him have a shot. Look at his eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look at his eyes. Oh, his look, arms right are itself. folded. The umpire said. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mike yeah. Brady on He's grand shifting final shifting around, day. looking at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what rhymes with deliberate though? What rhymes, nothing rhymes with deliberate. Um, uh uh, uh oh but uh, you know uh, but no but you, you maybe you wouldn't say deliberate maybe we it's um it's uh he looks calm on the surface but he did it on purpose his brow yeah. is sweating <laughs> and now he's nervous i don't know but like you know yeah. what i mean like and, i mean this is the first the QC draft. First comes in. yeah yeah greg I champion mean, we, we're not mike bro who are we we're not mike brady well we don't know what the, we don't know what the hell we're doing I mean, I'm sure Mike Brady's like, well, you know what? People are getting pretty sick of one day in September. I need another bloody cash cow <laughs> to bust out. So if you could bring out, like, and we don't do it in September, you're right. First game, uh, Wednesday night, it's the uh, grand final rematch, and we bust out Mike Brady mm. to say, hey, guys, we know there's been a bit of controversy about this new uh, uh, change to the deliberate rule. Let's, let's, mm. let's explain it to you in song, Mike. And then Mike comes out and, yeah. Bouncing, bouncing ball on oh, the bouncing ball. with the lyrics, yeah, so kids can sing along. Um, Mike would obviously have to do a lot of press beforehand. We'd have to get Mike on all the shows. I mean, I mean why not? Now, 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 why, why not a celebrity judge, deliberate ruler? Yeah. Yeah, uh, number one ticket holder from each club. So, like, you know, you, you, get, your, you get your John Travolta's at Collingwood. <laughs> You get your, you get your Eric Banners at St Kilda. I don't know who the. I mean, uh, the guy from Entertainment Parlor at Frio. 
Does it? Well, does it have to be a current? Why can't it be, ladies and gentlemen, the number one ticket holder for Geelong between 1987 and 1994, Daryl Summers? <laughs> and, g'day, guys! I, I was Stand wondering here. when we are going to get the hey. It's been four episodes, Scott, <laughs> and you've not made one. One hey, hey, it's Saturday reference. I'm so glad you got there in the <laughs> end. I felt weird. <laughs> well, well, let's let's start open to the listeners. Uh, huge numbers of responses to the deliberate rule. Very passionate. Al uh, at Al Mage says install high acrylic sides all the way to the boundary line to the point post, ice hockey style. The ball will always be in play. No need for deliberate rule. Well, that keeps the game moving. I mean, that's what we want, right? We don't want stops in play. The ball just bounces back in. What do you think of that? Mm. Where would Richo sit? That's my only concern, really. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good point. I guess behind the glass somewhere. No, I don't like that. No, I don't okay. like that one bit. I, I need Richo on the ground. At Bow for Bows says, if the AFL is embracing dancing, why not acting? Keep the rule and encourage clubs to invest in acting lessons. Together with singing the team's song, all players committed to a three-peat, uh, must, uh, to a three-peat must become triple threats. I love that. So you get acting coaches down there. But do you run into some – because what we haven't discussed is if the player um, defends, you know, like is defending themselves or the QC is defending the player and they're found guilty mm. of what is the mm. penalty? Is it, it can't just be a free kick. I think that it's almost got to be like the tribunal. An early plea gets you some leniency. But if you decide to test the system – I'd say, yeah, six weeks. I'd say death penalty. Well, that's really raised the stakes. Okay. okay. It's, all right. So that's, we reinstate that's, that's the death penalty in Australia just for the <laughs> AFL season. And so that would mean that so at the grand final, you'd have the retirees going around and then an immemorium in, in kind of <laughs> section where we, the following players were hanged for kicking the ball out on purpose. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, the skills down at Moradin would improve dramatically, I imagine, if that was the penalty. Uh so at Matt Smolin says, uh, formal grilling to be commenced as soon as the ball goes out of bounds, findings to be then reported to a jury made up of opposition supporters. This process is called the deliberation. Do you think that you can have a jury made up of opposition supporters? Won't they always rule in favour of their team? Yeah, I, look, I think that's where it falls down. But I do like Matt's idea. I, and it's also probably going to be a pretty slow process. However, what if it's like the... Um, election debates where you've got people kind of turning oh, the, the worm the, the, the worm yeah and that makes the decision for you in real time and you kind of choose and it's kind of treated it's like jury duty you know yeah. if you don't do it you get fined or you could so go to one, jail or one seat in every row is equipped with a worm dial and so you get like a, 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 oh, a sample size that can be extrapolated oh mobile phone of course it's fucking 2021 yeah, yeah soon. what am i yeah. talking about but I mean, uh, maybe at the ground could be interesting, but then you could have people like, you could have kind of tricky clubs putting people in the right spot. Oh uh, yeah. Planting, planting the jury. <laughs> Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got yeah, a yeah. jury tampering. We've got a, we've got a few uh, answers here, which I love because they actually have nothing to do really with addressing the rule, but one person wants a wood chopping competition. Another person wants just a giant bucket of slime that can be dumped on the players. How that relates to the deliberate out of bounds rule they don't say. I just love the idea of introducing wood chopping and slime buckets to the football. Would it give the potential, the the kind of mooted Tasmanian team an unfair advantage? Oh, yes, definitely, hundred percent. They love a bloody, they love a bloody timber mill. They love a chop. 
They love a trophy. The, sl- the slime talks to kids, and that 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 excites yeah. me because we do have to keep thinking about the next generation. It can't all be procedural courtroom stuff, which yeah. appeals to adults. Yeah, bring it. Um, bring in the junior competitions. Start with the slime, Nickelodeon, the kids, and then and then we can see if it translates to. Oh, the Oz kick kids. Yeah, yeah, get covered in slime if they yeah. kick the ball out on purpose, and that would be um, fair. Punishment. Traumatic life lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At Mitch Gill eight says, I think the umpires should ask the player directly whether it was a deliberate. And then the footy experts throughout the week, well, I, we can include ourselves in that, uh, can have their say on whether they were lying when they told the umpire it was accidental. E.g., Kane Corns analysing body language would be prime time viewing. Oh, I would pay to watch half an hour I of would, Kane Corns would, yeah. just doing body language analysis. And because he's could such this, a could, yeah, because he's such a Go contrary co- contrary dude. He would always be going, unless it was a Port Adelaide player, he would always be going against whatever the play, the stance the player was taking. I, the, I, I doubt you would ever see Kane endorsing a player. So could this be a kind of like a Ross Kemp on gangs kind of a show where during the week it's called Kane Investigates and he yes. finds the most contentious deliberate decision and he he, he replays the, the thing and he gives his – hello, I'm Kane Corns. Well, I don't need to tell you what this week's episode's about. It's about Jack Steele against Western Bulldogs at Metro mm. – yeah. And then, and he's wearing kind of 70s stuff, like a brown leather jacket and flared yeah. slacks, maybe. I love it, yeah. And Standing he, in an alleyway, he, like police lights flashing correct. behind him. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly That's right. Exactly Missed right. for and some then, reason. And then he goes, and then he goes through and maybe kind of has a chat to like Jack's ex-girlfriend and like, yeah. can you tell he was lying? And you know, that kind of stuff. And I love it. Ask people, Unsolved kind of digs up a bit style. of dirt. Yeah. It <laughs> solves the mystery. And then, you know, next week we're going to be going through a classic episode. Alan Didak versus Brit. You know, he can go back to solve some cold cases, you know. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I think at, it could work. At Will Mosley says, on the to- topic of boundaries, we should be building stadia mm-hmm. that are designed to be extended when congestion becomes an issue rather than removing players. Just keep widening <laughs> and lengthening the playing grounds. I love that. I love that. I, I mean, how wide that. and how long can they get? <laughs> like suddenly the that, ground is four kilometres wide. Yeah. And and that's now the, you know, was it a close, it was a one point game. Was it a close game? Yeah. It was a four kilometre game. <laughs> they had to spread, <laughs> spread the ground. That's great. Uh at Akamada says, this infuriates me. Umpiring the game is hard enough without having to read the players' minds and know what their intentions are when half the time the players wouldn't know themselves. Switch to a free kick against whoever touched it last. Throw in, if not sure, problem solved. Well, Akamada, what do you reckon? Pretty cut and dried. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's that's Ray Chamberlain's burner account if ever I've heard <laughs> Uh, at D0404B says, uh, hashtag love Trump. Oh. <laughs> no, <it doesn't. laughs> okay, what, 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 what are you worried about? Us getting autism from vaccination? Come on, pal. This isn't the he, forum. He's actually got, uh, he's got two needle emoticons in his, uh, in his bio. So I think he is pro-vaccine. Thank God. But he says, white shorts <laughs> as the away shorts. Get rid of it. White shorts with dark jumpers or dark shorts with light colored jumpers. So I think maybe he had an adverse refer- uh, uh, reaction to the vaccination, which made him think we're talking about a completely <laughs> different topic. Out of bounds. 
Uh, at Nick BPS also wants walls around the ground, bouncy walls for rebounds, full Thunderdome. At Gspeed says, I love deliberate and insufficient effort. It needs to be applied more often, more of it. But if the opposition escort it out and they had the opportunity to keep it in safely, then it's a ball up. The rule is about keeping the game moving. You shouldn't escort a kick out and then get a free kick from it. Whoa. Bloody strong Ooh. opinions from at Gspeed. Hello. Uh, Justin, at Justin of Elwood says, Periods of multi-ball that works for pinball. What do you think of that? Mm. I mean, again, I don't know how that affects uh, deliberate out-of-bounds. If, but if, if anything, like, it's going to create more deliberate out-of-bounds. At Timoth444 says, WWF lumberjack style, fill the boundary line with each team's list that aren't playing. If the ball comes to mm. them, they have to kick a torp in their team's direction. I love that. So if you didn't make what's the, the you, What's the lumberjack I don't, I don't understand. understand. I, don't, I, don't, I, do, I do not get reference. the first reference, but what I do understand yeah. is the idea. We're both going to text Will here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting players who didn't get selected for the team on the boundary line, and they can. Yeah. So they can keep it. So if it's a ground ball, they can they can gather it and kick it back in. If it's like an out of bounds on the full, you can take a specky of your own teammates. Like you actually sort of collaborate to make sure that you can take a grab. If it doesn't hit the ground, oh, like then it's not rugby line out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then I love the idea of a torp. Because that's what we're missing in football is the big torp. So there are players who mm. really don't have skills in any other facility, but they're massive kicks of the ball. So you always got one of mm. those guys on your list. So in that way, it becomes almost like a strategy, doesn't it? Like, yeah, well, let's get the ball. We'll he we will head deliberately out of bounds, but we want our non-selected players to get it. Then we want our Ben Graham to kick it like 70 meters in our direction. What now? Now, I I, I assume the 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 non playing players are in civvies. Uh, yes. Ah, uh, no, they'll be in like team tracksuit, boots. Because, because, like, of course, I, I like the idea of someone. Oh, it's oh, and thongs. You reckon just thongs? Just see how far you can kick it in thongs. <laughs> yeah, because what's the wrinkle here? Because, like, uh, is the player under pressure? Because you give the ball to Ben Graham. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, everyone has yeah, no, one, but... one Ben Graham. Yeah. I don't. Know. I think this this might need retooling. I'm not All against right. it. I'm not. I'm not putting the kibosh <laughs> on it. I'm just saying that it needs. It needs something because it's looking, it's looking scruffy. And like, right, okay. Just on one side of the ground? Like, where are they? Yeah, I love that this is like, of all the things we've discussed over four episodes, this is the one that's really, you just called like, for no, like, hang on, far. let's just slow things down and have a real good think about this. We don't want to be, let's be too silly. impulsive. Yeah, yeah exactly. This, is, this isn't final... Fiona McDonald choosing the Brownlow medalist. This is serious. <laughs> yeah. And our final bit, of, uh, final bit of feedback is from at Teacups. Rip out the first 10 rows of seats along each side of the GMHBA Stadium and expand mm. the ground by 15 metres, which would force Geelong mm -hmm. to train and play their home games on the same size ground as the rest of the competition. Okay, again, people, people seem to have missed the assignment, but I do love this concept. It might be something to look at in a future episode. <laughs> Should we keep expanding both the length and the width of uh, football grounds? Ground dimensions. Yeah. I think ground dimensions seems to be something people are very excited about. <laughs> Uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in. If you want to message us, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. We will release our topics on a Monday and Tuesday before we record on a Wednesday. Uh, but thank you for all your feedback. We love doing this show. We think we're solving football one issue at a time. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Scott Dooley. See you later. It's just not a good. It's not a catchy finish. <laughs>